We'd like now to welcome Gisela to share the word of the Lord with us today. Gisela? Yes. Here I am. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you all? I know you can't reply, but I know you're doing good. And it's so good to see you. Um, such a um, privilege to be able to share um, the word this morning with you all. And uh, we are going to continue on the theme of Paul's prison's prayers, because I think uh, one of the things Marcus was uh, kind of um, meditating on is that we can, at this point of our lives, maybe um, feel maybe a little bit of how Paul felt when he was imprisoned, he wasn't allowed to go. You know, he, he had a guard who would um, who was by, by his side all the time. We don't have a guard, but uh, you know, it does feel a, li a little bit, you know, the fact that we can't go out, that we can't go out and do our everyday things like we used to before. You know, it, things have changed and um, above all, to remember that God is in control. So um, shall we pray and just ask God to speak into our hearts through his word, that He, his Holy Spirit will speak into those areas in our heart that only he can, amen. So Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much for um, allowing us to, to come together this morning and to proclaim the preaching of your word, your word to proclaim the name of Jesus, to exalt his name. We ask you, Father, that um, today your word will come into our hearts, that we will hear your word and, and receive what we need from you, Lord. Father, take away all the discouragement, take away all of the weightness that we've been feeling, all, all of the mm, things that, Father, because of lockdown and even because of the situation that we are experiencing are making us feel down, are making us, Lord, Lord, feel low. We pray, Father, that you will come, Holy Spirit, and comfort us and meet us in our need. And, and today, make us understand, Lord, who we are in Christ, what we have in Christ and how loved we are by you, Father. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. So we are going to read from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 9. And it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts, your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent of worth, of praiseworthy, think of such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Amen. 
So last week, Marcus was telling us a little bit, kind of an, an introduction on, on the letter of, of the Philippians. Um, so one interesting fact is that when Paul, when the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the Philippians, um, it wasn't in a response to a crisis, uh, as he did when he wrote the letter to the Galatians and the Colossians. Instead, this letter was written to express his appreciation and his affection for them, which, which is an interesting fact. Even in, in chapter 4, verse 1, it says, So then, my brothers, whom I love and yearn, yearn for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. Uh, definitely we can see how Paul, this letter, was written it, it, it kind of with, uh, with um, like I said, with appreciation, with affection, with love. It was kind of an encouragement and even kind of to highlight some of the amazing things this uh, ch uh, church were doing. The, the church of Thili of, in the Philippians, they were uh, a very generous church. They, they, they had members who kind of understood the, the importance of, of giving. So they were generous people. And Paul also, one of the things he wants to, to tell the Philippians in this letter is he wants them to know or to learn that true joy comes only through um, faithful serving of Jesus. That, you know, in spite of the circumstances, when we really serve Christ uh, with all of our heart, that's when we actually are able to experience true joy, that our circumstances around us does not have to influence our joy, that our joy comes from Christ alone. So that was very interesting because you have to remember that Paul was writing this letter whilst he was a prisoner, yet he was a joyful person. So I, I thought for me this was a very interesting thing because it made me realize that it's true. Our joy should not be because of the things that happen around us, although, you know, they do affect us. You know, when you wake up in the morning and all of a sudden the sky is dark and it's raining perhaps and it's cold, you don't really feel like going out. <laughs> and, you know, unlike when it's, you know, sunny and, you know, the sun is shining. And even now, I think the sun is beginning to, to warm us up a little bit more if we're in the house. But at least just seeing the sun now, it just kind of changes your perspective. And you all of a sudden feel a little bit happier, perhaps. But happiness is not joy. Joy is a different, it's a different feeling. And, the, and our joy only comes from the Lord. So today I want to have, a, I want us to look at these six verses and I think, you know, as I was reading, I was, as I was reading these verses, um, I was thinking that there's so much squeezed on these six verses that if it was food, I would call it superfood. And if, if, it were, if it were a drink, it will be a super drink because there's so much goodness, like people would say about food. There's so much goodness on these verses to encourage us, to give us direction, to give us guidance that, it, that is really, really, really interesting. The first, so I'm going to share four things that I, that I can see on these uh, verses that I think will be relevant for us in this season or in this time. The first one is joy. And we see it in verse four. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. 
this is interesting that the Apostle Paul doesn't just say, you know, have joy or, or rejoice, but he say it, he's, he's saying it twice. So it's really wants us to understand that one of the things we really need to do is have the joy of the Lord. We really need to rejoice in spite, like I said, in spite of our circumstances. You know, Paul's life, it's, his life was an offering to the Lord. Everything that he did, his, he, his commitment to the service of Christ, his commitment to the work of God was evident to all, evident to everyone who, who, would, and who, know, who knew him. And uh, his life was Christ-centered. And in, in a way, it's as if the apostle is telling us that that's how it should be for us as well. This, you know, once again, remember, as the apostle Paul was writing this letter to the Philippians, there was a guard who was there by his side. You know, he, was, he, he wasn't in the kind of the best position. Yet, um, Paul wants us to remember that our experience of joy in Christ can be even when we don't get what we want, that our experience in joy in Christ, it's even in spite of our circumstances, even in the midst of conflict of the situation, whatever situation we're going through. And it's, it's not, it's not a, something that you can fake it. But when you really understand it, when you have this understanding, this, I would call it a supernatural understanding of true joy, you really are able in the midst of the circumstances, in the midst of the struggle to actually have joy, to know that really your joy really comes from the Lord. Joy, joy is also all about attitude. It's also about attitude. When we are joyful, we're also, we should also be joyful when we are serving one another in Christ. It's all about an attitude. How do we do things? You know, you can do things uh, with a grumbling attitude or you can do things joyfully, happy, uh, with, you know, with that desire to really want to serve our brothers and sisters. When we are, uh, when we allowed God to work into our lives, uh, this joy, this, I would call it supernatural joy, changes something. James chapter 1 verse 2 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. I think we've been talking about this before, you know, how trials and tribulations are also part of our, uh, I would say, of our development, of our growth in Christ. And we don't have to go outside. We don't have to go looking for trouble. We don't have to go looking for uh, difficult circumstances. We don't have to go looking for difficulties. Life is full of them. And as we walk along, as the days go by, as the years go by, you know, those things come and face us. And, you know, we all face different experiences. But one thing that we can all have is joy, joy in Christ. The second thing, it's grace. So the first one was joy. The second one is grace. In verse five, it says something. This says this, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. The Lord is always near. <laughs> the Lord is always near. And um, the, this word gentleness in the Greek, 
it's a word that can be summarized as grace or, or unmerited favor on someone. And it says, let your gentleness be evident to all. It doesn't talk about you know, being a gentle person. It's more, mainly about showing grace to someone else. And when I was looking at this verse, I was thinking that sometimes, you know, we all want to receive the gift of grace. We all once knew that we needed God's grace, God's forgiveness for our lives because our sin was so evident that we, we had to come to Christ and ask him to forgive us. And, um, and sometimes we become like the unmerciful servant that the Bible tells us or Jesus tells us in the parable in Matthew 18. Um, you know, the, there was two servants and one had a big uh, debt against his, against his master. And he says, the Bible tells us that he came and begged to be forgiven and the master forgave him. Yet this very man, someone else uh, owed him money and he went to get the money back and the other man was begging him please forgive me forgive me i don't have and this man was so hardened in his heart that he says no i'm going to take you to prison and now you're going to pay you're not going to leave that prison until you pay everything you owe me and i think sometimes we are like this this man this unmerciful servant when god has forgiven us of whatever he has forgiven us sometimes we become so hard and so self-righteous or become so um we think so much of ourselves that we don't think anyone else deserves our forgiveness and i think in this we have to be very careful you know because one of the things that we have to show as christian you know, the Bible tells us here in verse five, let your gentleness be evident. But we can say, let your grace be evident. That, that you show grace to other people, that you show forgiveness to other people, that you show kindness to other people. Ephesians chapter four, verse 32 says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Sometimes we forget what Christ forgave us of. I think, uh, you know, as the time goes by, sometimes we forget, you know, the, the big debt that we had. And, and I think it's important that we are always uh, reminded that we should extend grace, that we should extend forgiveness, that we should forgive those who have wronged us as well. Even without them asking us, sometimes it's a decision that we need to make. Um, Colossians chapter 3 verse 12 to 15 says put on then as God's chosen ones holy and beloved compassionate hearts kindness humility meekness and patience bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you so that you also must forgive. And above all this, put on love, which binds, up, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. You know, God is always um, kind of nudging us the importance of forgiveness, the importance of us forgiving people, the importance of us forgiving one another. Because I think he knows that, that our human nature it's sometimes to, to be mean, sometimes to be, uh, we can be hurtful with other ones even when we don't want to. 
you know. Um, and so God is always telling us, forgive one another, be patient with one another, show humbleness, show humility, you know, be kind. That's how people will know that we are his children. So the third thing, uh, and a very important one that I think I want to focus a lot more is prayer. In verse six, Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. This is, this is interesting because, you know, Paul was writing this letter of encouragement whilst he was in prison himself. And he's teaching us that we must not allow our circumstances to govern us or to take control of us. And, uh, you know, sometimes I think when I was talking a while ago about anxiety, you know, sometimes anxiety can take hold of our, our, of our lives or, or the thoughts. And, and sometimes, you know, the circumstances, you begin to, to, to think of all the different things that are going wrong because anxiety doesn't hold on to the good things. It holds on to the bad things, to the difficult things, to the horrible things. And so you begin to, in your mind, to think about, you know, how am I going to pay this? How am I going to do this? What's, what's going to happen if this happens? You know, how, <clears throat> how am I going to deal with this situation? And you begin to think all the different scenarios. Your mind is beginning to make all these different um, images in your mind and, and all these different things that are not focusing on God, are not getting you closer to God, but are actually taking you farther and away from God because maybe unbelief, because maybe, you know, you are um, not having your thoughts in the right place. And I like what verse 8 says. It says, brothers, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Sometimes we, our human nature, uh, it's a stronger than our spiritual nature. And sometimes we end up saying things or talking things that are not in alliance with the words of God. Sometimes we end up um agreeing with the enemy in a way you know having our conversations or having thoughts that are not pure that are not true that are not right that are not lovely that are not admirable and i think this is like god saying okay focus you need to focus your prayer you know how you're going to to do this is got with whatever is true, whatever is noble. You know, he, the Apostle Paul here is encouraging us or giving us a clue of how we should proceed in prayer. You know, it's, been, it's so nice that the kids are, are learning to, to pray the prayer that Jesus taught us as his disciples. And, you know, when we look at the, you know, we can do a whole study, you know, many, many weeks on prayer. And so I'm just gonna give a little bit here. Um, but, you know, in here, the apostle is also telling us different, we need to learn different ways of praying. And when we pray, you know, we can, we can be very solemn. But when we pray, we also can, can use, for example, worship in our prayer. Sometimes, you know, I don't know if it's happened to you, but sometimes 
you feel like there are not words to express how you feel, you know, there are, no, or you don't feel like praying, like, you know, with words, but all of a sudden a worship, a praise, it's a way of kind of beginning things. It's like starting the motor of prayer. So use that, use worship, use um, praise to begin that prayer. Um, Confessing the word of God is another way we pray. You know, if we have no words in us, then let's get a, a, a chapter or verse from the Bible and begin our prayer with that. That's how we present our, our petitions to God. And it's sometimes, you know, write a prayer, write a prayer. You know, God, there's no one way that we pray. There's not the only way to pray. There's not the only way to pray. There are different ways of praying and God knows our hearts. God knows, you know, how we are made and he understands us. So um, I had my grandmother, my mom, my dad's mom, who all of her life grew up as a Catholic person, very, very strong Catholic. So she had the, the saints and she had all of these uh, statues and all of these things that for her were God. and in her late, I think probably 70s, when she was about 70 something years old, that's when she actually had a supernatural encounter with God. And when she had that encounter with God, she threw away all of those statues and all of this. She went to, I remember she went to um, uh, Israel. And so she brought, you know, holy water and holy uh, soil and, and rosaries and um, she had them all. But when she had this supernatural encounter with God, she threw away all of that, all of that. She understood that God was not on those images. And the, but the one thing that she was used to, she was always used to uh, doing the, just one or two prayers, the Our Father and the, the prayer for Mary. And obviously she knew that she couldn't be praying to Mary uh, again. <laughs> so she asked my mom to record, she had a recorder, to record in a cassette prayers. And, and at that time, my grandma, I don't think she, she was able to understand that, you know, when she prays, she could just make up a prayer and just pray and like talk to God. So for her, for example, those times, and she was a woman of prayer, I remember, she would wake up at three, four o'clock in the morning and be praying. And so with the cassette, so in her case, it was repeating the prayers. But, you know, it was her connection with God. That's what I say to you. You know, God knows our circumstances. God knows the way we are. And he has a special way that he, he hears you. He hears our prayers. And it has to be, that, like the Apostle Paul says, our prayers should be presented to God, you know, with um, every situation, anything. We have to present our request to God. You know, there's a, a prayer of faith we read in James chapter 5, verse 13 to 16. It says, if anyone, if anyone among you is in trouble, let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs for praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So in every situation, prayer, 
and petition and with this giving we must present it to God you know in everything we must present to God with thanksgiving he wants us to understand that gratitude is also uh, understanding that when I pray to God so when we pray to God we don't pray to God that he will do what we want that's important when we pray to God we always pray that your will will be done so Jesus taught us this amazing prayer and he said when you pray pray that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven so we're not praying God do my will here on earth we are praying God let your will be done. So we pray, you know, we have needs, we have worries, whatever we bring it unto God. But we bring our petitions to God, but we ask him always, Lord, let your will be done. Because sometimes, you know, we think we know what we need, but God really knows what we need. And so we, we are better off trusting that God, God's will will be done in our life rather than my will will be done in my life. That's important. When we pray, we don't demand God. We do not come and demand that he does something. When we come to God, we come with petition. We come with a, an attitude of humbleness. We, we come with an attitude of humility, knowing that He, by presenting our prayers to him, something changes in my heart. That anxiousness, that um, worry, perhaps, I'm able to, to leave that place of prayer with the peace of God. Now, the last thing I want to share with you, and it's something that I was, as I was doing, I felt, you know, it's something that we as City Temple need to, need to do in this time. And I think we are doing it. So number four, so we said number one was joy. Number two was grace. Number three is prayer. And the last one, number four is action. Verse nine, verse nine says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God and the God of peace will be with you. Now, the reason why I say that I feel that this verse is specifically important for City Temple is because I think, I think, I feel this is what Pastor Rod would say to us. You know, whatever you have learned from him, whatever you have received from him, whatever you have heard or seen in him, it now is the time to put it into practice. Okay. I think it's happening. I think it's happening that, um, that every member in City Temple, every member who, who knows, um, the, the, sorry, the other thing that I felt that, um, that God wanted to speak to us is that we need to understand that um, our identity in Christ, our, our, our identity in Christ, it's important to, to, um, to understand it right now. Because um, when you understand that how God wants to use you, when you understand that you are an important part of the church. And I just don't mean City Temple, I mean the Church of Christ. When you understand, and when you understand where you work better, and you, and you, and you begin to work on that area, you know, the church is going to 
begin to grow. So now is the time that everything that we have learned, everything that we have received, everything that we have seen, we need to put it into practice. We need to start working on that, you know, at our level. You know, God is not going to demand from you something that you cannot give. For example, I am able to speak Spanish and English. God is not going to come to me and say, now I want you to start um, sharing the gospel in Chinese, or I want you to start sharing the gospel in Korean, or I want you to start sharing the gospel in Japanese, because I have to, I have to use Google Translate to do it because I do not speak any of those languages. But God will not come and demand that from me because that's not what I can give. But I can give in Spanish and in English. I can do that. You understand? And, and so that is for me. Now for you, maybe you are able to speak one of those languages. Maybe, you know, we need to know where am I good at, you know, what am I good at? And I'm going to work on that. I'm going to put that into practice. I'm going to put that into the work of the Lord. And when we do that, something changes because then all of a sudden you don't have to feel that you have to be like Pastor Rod or, or that you have to sing like Karen does or that you have to play the piano like she does. I would not be able to sing like Karen and I would not be able to uh, play the piano like Karen. I could fake it. I could fake it if I have music on the background and someone singing, I could fake it, but that wouldn't be me. And I think I wouldn't be happy trying to do that. And then when you see him in church, you might be, oh, I want you to sing. And I'd be like, mm -mm, I can't sing today. I have to look after my voice because I will be faking it. You understand? So when we understand what God, wants to do in our lives when we understand how god wants to use me all of a sudden something changes all of a sudden you are able to you know to feel okay i can do this because it's you it's something that god has been working in your life all of this year for you to understand for you to put it into practice for you to start doing it now and brothers and sisters that's how we become strong. That's how we become, we have unity. I am so glad to see, you know, so many of you are now raising up in prayer. You know, God, the, the, the links for prayer, for intercession, it's, it, that is part of the body of Christ. I, I, I rejoice when I see all of that. I really do, because I can see how Many of you are putting into practice now what you have heard, what you have seen, what you have learned, what you have received. And I'm so glad that this is the time that God wants his church to rise up. You know, our circumstances do not determine where we're going to go. Our circumstances are just circumstances that God is using for us to keep on growing, for us to keep on going ahead, for us to keep on uh, being more like Christ. And at the end of the day, that should be our goal, to be more like Christ. There's so many things that God still needs to change in our lives. There's so many things that God still needs to change in our heart. There's so many things that we're still struggling with. Sometimes, you know, we are all in this process, in this broken world, working to be more Christ-like. And I think that's what God wants to see in us. He wants us to be um, shapeable. He wants us to be um, moldable. He wants us to be humble, to understand when we've done something wrong. To understand that, okay, God, I need to come before you. I need you to change me. I need you to transform me. I need you to help me be more 
gracious to others, show grace to others, be kind to others. I need you to help me, uh, maybe in prayer, Lord. Maybe I need you to, to show me when I, when I don't have the words to pray. I just giving you a, a, a little um, help, you know, worship, praise God, praise Praise God. You know, sometimes we can just sing uh, songs or, or maybe the word of God. Pray the word of God uh, and don't let your circumstances steal your joy. Your joy does not come from the circumstances, although I know sometimes the circumstances around us help. But our real, our true joy and our true peace can only come from God himself. How? Can you be joyful in the midst of, of, of trials and tribulations? Only through Christ. How can you have peace when everything around us, we are surrounded by, by difficult circumstances? Only because of Christ. Only because of him. And um, so, you know, um, today we are actually celebrating Valentine's or everyone is celebrating Valentine's. But... You know, remember, even him, he died as, as a, a, a um, he, his life was a, a sacrifice unto the Lord. He was a martyr. And one of the things that I think for us as Christians, we have to remember that as Christians, our lives should be given to the work of the Lord. Uh, shall we pray? and ask God to, to guide us today. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, because um, you know how to speak into our hearts. Father, you know our circumstances. Father, you know the, the, the situations that we are all experiencing right now whether we have family around us, whether we are alone, whether we have a child with us, uh, whether we have no one else surrounded us, Lord, you know our circumstances, Father. And I pray right now, Lord, that there'll be a tangible presence of your Holy Spirit right now with us, Lord. Father, I ask you right now, Lord, let your Holy Spirit fill us today to empower us, to comfort us, Father, you know those of us who need to be comforted. Father, you know those of us that need a word of encouragement. You know those of us, Father, who need to be um, given a word of, of, of encouragement, a word of comfort, Father. And I pray right now, Lord, take away every thought that does not come from you right now in the name of Jesus, Father. I pray right now for anyone who's experiencing an oppression from the enemy, anyone who's hearing the voice of the enemy, especially now, I rebuke every spirit of death, every spirit, of, every thought of suicide in the name of Jesus. I rebuke it right now, Father, and I pray May your life, may your abundance life be in, in every heart right now. May they understand, Father, that they have been called to be your children. They are called more than conquerors. They are, Father, we are your children. We are, Father, your, your children that you love, that you gave your son's life for us, Lord. So, Father, I just thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
because you fill us with your joy, because you fill us with your peace, and because you are here right now. Father, I pray that as we come to, to take the Lord, to take part in the Lord's Supper, Lord, may you do something supernaturally in our hearts and in our families as we take the Lord's Supper, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen.